Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure to have you with us. Uh, we have interviewed so many great people, and they have so much knowledge. And uh, my guest is Tucker Max from a business called Book in a Box. He's the chairman and co-founder of that business. And one of the things that they do is to help people turn ideas into books. And we're going to talk about the most efficient way to write a book. So that's perfectly appropriate given that we're talking about knowledge and experience and the future of what you're going to do with that knowledge and experience. So Tucker, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bill. Uh, Tucker, tell us a little bit about how you got started um, and uh, a little bit about your background, how you got started with Book in a Box. Sounds fascinating. Well, yeah, so I was at an entrepreneur dinner and uh, this woman came up to me and she she told me a story that I think a lot of your listeners probably have as well. She said that she's had people asking her for more than a decade to write a book and to share kind of what she knows and what she does with them because she's kind of the only person on earth who really deeply knows her niche. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she told me, because uh, I've written a lot of books and that's why she was asking me. And she said, uh, you know, like very common sort of business owner problem. I don't have time. I can't sit down for a year and type this thing out of my head. And I don't really know how to write a book. So I'm afraid, even though she said, I know what I'm talking about. I'm afraid I'm not going to get it into a book in the right way. So she's like, how can I solve this problem? How can I get this book out of my head in the right way um, without me having to spend a year doing it? And so being a writer, I kind of like gave her a snarky response. I said, are you asking me how to write a book without writing it? And she said, yeah, kind of. And so uh, being a total, I was, I, I, I gave the worst possible answer. I, I, I kind of started lecturing her about hard work and, and uh-huh. kind of being like a, sno- a snobby literary elite type writer. You know, the type who are like, oh, well, the work is part of it and blah, blah, blah. And there's, you know, like you have to love and put, pour your soul on the page, all that nonsense. And she rolled yeah. her eyes and she, look, she looked at me and she said, Tucker, this is an entrepreneur dinner. Uh, I am an entrepreneur and I spend all day helping people solve their problems. Are you going to help me solve my problem or just lecture me about hard work? <laughs> and I was like, oh. I love it. Oh, man. Because she, she was totally 100% right. And so um, I became obsessed with this. How do I get a, how did I get a book out of her head without her having to sit at a computer for a year and type it out? And I came up with this process that essentially uh, it reduces to um, interviewing her, Right. And so mm-hmm. I would interview her first, first to structure her book idea, then to put it into an outline, right? Uh, and then uh, interview her to kind of get all of her knowledge and wisdom out of her head in that structured format. I would record all of that and then transcribe it and then edit that transcription into a book. And I wasn't sure if it was going to work. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it did. It worked amazingly well. And she started referring people and then um, it just kind of blew up. That was about years ago and we've done about 250 books now using that method that's fantastic so it's it's kind of like a, there's a, 
uh, idea technology or not ideal strategy idea strategy it's called big rocks and little rocks it sounds like what we're talking about is starting you know like you're building a, a rock wall you start with the big rocks the big ideas the big outlines that gets the ball rolling and then the little rocks are they they, they get filled in and there is it easier to fill in once you have the big rocks in place is that what you're getting at well sort of uh, uh, using that analogy we actually start with, I think, the architectural plan, right? So even before uh-huh. we get into the rocks, the first thing we do actually is, and this took a while to refine. Our process is really good now, but it took a while at the beginning to get it there. Uh, you, the first question you have to ask is, why are you writing a book, right? Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know exactly why you're writing a book, then um, you're not, how you position the book and what goes in it is going to be kind of all over the place. So once you understand why you're writing a book, like let's say you want to be a professional speaker or you want to drive leads to your business or you want to become a thought leader. I mean, there's a million good reasons to write a book, but you need to know what yours is. Then you need to answer the next question, which is who is your audience? Like what audience do you have to reach in order to get that result, right? And then mm-hmm. once you know that, the, the question becomes what do you know that is interesting and valuable to that audience? And that becomes the positioning of your book, like basically the architectural plan, right? Because, uh, I mean, most professionals, like Melissa, for example, the woman who called me out, she's like most professionals. She probably had two or three or maybe even four different books in her head. So the question isn't, can she write a book? It's what book should she write, right? And and the obvious answer to that is the book that's going to do the most good for you and that's going to do the most good for people who read it. So you've got to figure out what that book is first before you dive in to actually writing. So that, that's where we start. When I say structuring the book idea, that's kind of what I mean. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess we were just talking a few minutes ago with, with another gentleman. We were talking about how so many people, 10,000 people a day are turning age 65. And that's a lot of people with a lot of experience. A lot of it's still in their heads. And they get hung up on this notion that, you know, they'd love to write a book, but it's, it's where do you start? So that's where you get people started with this. Who do you think should, should actually write a book? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, uh, a lot of people say everyone should write a book. I don't really think that's true um, because here's the thing. If there's not an audience for what you have to say, then what you're doing is not writing a book. You're just publishing your diary. You know, yes. and diaries yes. can be great, but, but then it's just kind of, it's very, um, it's just about yourself, right? So I think the people that should write books are the ones that have knowledge and wisdom in their heads that is not out there right now and that is valuable to people, that people would pay to hear or to read or to learn, right? So a good test, we, we run our clients through this all the time. When people ask us this question, should I write a book? So we ask them things like, um, do people pay you for your advice or your wisdom right now or your time to, you know, to help them work through problems? Do people ask you, come to you for advice or mentorship all the time? If so, on what issue, right? What do they say after they talk to you? How do, you know, what benefit do they, do they tell you they get from you? And uh, for most professionals, they're like, oh, wow. And then they kind of open up and they realize, oh, my goodness, I actually know a lot of things that are valuable. But it, a lot, not everyone does. And so if you don't, uh, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you probably shouldn't write a book. Uh, well, of course, we're talking on the nonfiction side of things. There, there are a lot of people that might have 
um, creative ideas, murder mysteries, and all those types of things. We're not talking so much on that side of the of the world of, of book writing, correct? We're talking no, no, more about no. I'm just yeah. writing exactly. professionals. Uh, when I say knowledge, exactly. When yeah. I say knowledge and wisdom, I mean nonfiction. Uh, right. I think right. if you the, the the barrier for writing a novel should be if you want to. That's one of those yes. where um, I feel like uh, uh, a lot of people probably have good novels in them. Um, if they if they think they do and they want to put in the work, absolutely. But again, if you don't want to write a novel, God forbid, don't waste any time doing it. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, so so, what's the best way to figure out if you have a book in you? So that uh, kind of running through the process I talked about. I think there's okay. three questions you should you should ask for nonfiction, right? I think there's three questions uh, you should ask yourself. The first one is, why do I want to write this book? Like, what mm-hmm. result do I want to get? Uh, I think for your audience, it, the result can be as simple as, I want to help people and make an impact by sharing what I know. I think that's a great reason to write a book, um, but there couldn't be other more monetary reasons. You, can, you, know, you, you want to get paid for speaking gigs. You want to be a, a coach or a consultant or a mentor, and a book is a great way for you to kind of show the world what you know and for people to find you. Uh, and, and come to you to, be, uh, to, to help them. Uh, there's any number of reasons, but you need to have a very clear reason why I want to write the book. Uh, and, and then the second question you have to ask yourself is, what audience do I have to reach in order to get that result? So if, if the result you want is to share your wisdom and knowledge uh, that you've gained over 40 years of being a professional, let's say, right? Then um, what, the audience you need to reach are the people who need to know or want to know what you know, right? So then that question you have to ask yourself is, what do I know that is interesting and valuable to that audience, right? So uh, yes. I, mean, I can think of any number of, of yep. people, yep. whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or um, any sort of, God, how many business owners uh, yes. have all this incredible wisdom locked up in their heads that they learned from building and running businesses for 20, 30, 40 years? I mean, I know right. every kid I know in their 20s who's starting, trying to start a business would kill for that knowledge right and right. so like, like that that it, i mean it accelerates their career and their learning curve by decades it saves them all kinds of mistakes so um th- those are the questions you need to ask yourself uh j- just yeah. like in short what am i trying to accomplish what yep. audience do i need to reach and what do i know that that audience will find appealing why will that audience care and if you can answer all three of those then uh it probably means you have a good book in you and you know what it's about yeah, you know, there's there's other um, one of the big reasons out there that I've heard is that because many people that would that that you would want to talk to that that would want to write a book about technical knowledge have what's called a service business, and if they're solo entrepreneurs and they're solo service providers, especially. Uh, it's very difficult to create any value out of that kind of a practice. But if you can create a product out of your knowledge, which is what what we're really talking about, you're creating a transferable product uh, out of your knowledge that not only could you sell, you could probably monetize in some way, but it's certainly, if you if you do it correctly, it's going to lead people back to you. It's going to give you credibility from the stage, as you mentioned, where if you're a speaker and you have a book, you're you're way ahead of the person that doesn't. And uh, so there's there's tons of reasons to transfer that knowledge, and I think the barrier for a lot of people is has been, uh, you, isn't that expensive? Isn't it difficult? Isn't it like, 
impossible to get published, but we're in a new era today. Can you talk a little bit about how some of those barriers have been removed and how you're helping yeah. to, to get people, you know, past all of those barriers? Yeah, absolutely. So 30 or 40 years ago, if you wanted to be published, it was difficult, if not impossible. You had to find an agent. The, you, the agent had to want to represent you. They had to, uh, then you had to convince a publisher. Then you had to spend a year more writing the book and then market. It was really very difficult. Um, the only way for people to find you would be bookstores or whatever. But the world's totally changed now. And now uh, two things really changed it. First off, Amazon made uh, books available cheaply to masses uh, and easy to – it makes it cheap and easy to reach the masses of people and niches especially, number one. And number two, uh, the entire self-publishing industry has totally removed the barriers to entry for publishing, right? And now listen, granted, a lot of self-published books are bad, but it doesn't mean self-publishing is bad. What that means is that um, those people either aren't spending the time and the money to get the, uh, the, the sort of uh, aspects of publishing right to make the book look good, or maybe some of them just shouldn't be writing books. I mean, that just happens whenever you open up a sort of uh, – you unregulate an industry, right? But what this means is, is that for uh, serious professionals who have a, a knowledge and wisdom, the barrier to entry has now gone from very high to very low. And um, you don't need – in essence, you don't need anyone's permission to publish a book anymore. And, and I mean a good book. At this point um, – uh, if you look at lists of people's favorite books, the ones that are most influential, uh, most of them are a quarter to a third self-published now. People like James Altucher sold half a million books. Uh, we go down the list. Like uh, our clients at Book in a Box, we've got a bunch of them who are Fortune 500 CEOs or famous uh, consultants or thought leaders uh, are coming to us because also if you publish your own book, what that means is you own all the rights you own all the royalties, you make all the money from it, and you get to control how it looks and how it feels. Whereas a publisher, all they care about, like Simon & Schuster, for example, all they care about is making money by selling copies of the book. But the world has changed, and it's really hard to sell copies of books anymore, A. And B, it's just not efficient, right? Because you can make, let's say you're, um, let's say one of our clients, I'll give you an example, Cameron Harold. He built multiple uh, $100 million companies like uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, College Pro Painters, et cetera, and he's the CEO coach now. He coaches the CEO of Sprint, um, a couple of other big CEOs, and he's really, really smart. He's built all these businesses. He has all this incredible knowledge in his head, and uh, what he did was write a book, uh, and then that put him on the map, and now everyone – he owns his book is the big thing, though. So what he does, he can give the book away for free. He can use it essentially as a legion for his uh, CEO coaching business. Because a, a client is worth $100,000 a year to him, whereas to, to make $100,000 selling books is extremely difficult. So Cameron right. looks right. at a book. He, Cameron looks at a book as basically like the best marketing tool ever, almost like, like the most incredible business card you could ever have is a book that has his knowledge and wisdom in it. Because what happens is the CEO will read it and say, this guy's a genius. He knows everything I need to know. I'm going to go call him and hire him so he can coach me and share this with me. Um, that's, that's why, uh, whereas before, no publishing company is probably going to publish that because 
maybe there's only 5,000 people who want to buy it. That's not enough money for Simon & Schuster. Cameron doesn't care how many books he sells. What Cameron cares ultimately about is how many CEOs hire him to be their coach because they read his book. So you're making a great point there. It's it's like uh – uh, beyond the business card, it's, it, it probably costs about the same as a brochure when you have a bunch of them uh, to give away, you know, to print almost, maybe, maybe not, certainly not a lot more than that. Uh, and what an incredible transference of knowledge and um, uh, prestige uh, asset to give away. Tucker, when, um, when people are writing books and they think, you know, I, I may have 100 pages in my head, I don't think I have 400 in my head, is there an optimal size these days? And one of the things, by the way, you mentioned like giving knowledge to younger people. Um, what what's the optimum? What do they read? What what <laughs> what's the length of a book that they t- tend to read these days? So it's actually a great question. Um, most uh, of your audience, and, and I, I'm I'm closer in age to your audience than to the the twenty somethings that are uh, that are out there. We grew up with books that were like you said, three and four hundred pages. Do you know why most nonfiction books were that length? No, there's actually a re- there's a reason why it's because and it's going to be you're going to blow it's going to blow your mind when you hear it. Um, bookstores demanded that all books be at least like 250 pages because that's the width the spine has to be so you can print the title on it so they could put the books in not face out but spine out. So oh. the demands of I'm serious the demands of physical retailers are what set the default book size. No but kidding. In the world of ebook, yeah, seriously, I know it's crazy. When I learned that, I, I couldn't believe it. When my editor told me that, it blew my mind. Uh, in a world of ebooks, though, that doesn't make any sense anymore. That's why so many nonfiction books you read are so full of fluff. You're like, man, this could have been a magazine article. Why is it a book? Right. Well, exactly. that's, that's, that's why. So we actually have a ton of data now from our authors. And what we see is the optimal book size is above 100, but below 200. If you're somewhere in the one, about 125 to 150 range, which is about 25,000 to 30 to 40,000 words, right? Um, that's, uh, that's the perfect size. People are more likely to buy it and people are more likely to read it because it's not intimidating length. And mm-hmm. chances are there's no, there's no fluff in there. 125 pages is not going to be filled with fluff. It's going to be filled with meat. And that's what people like is a short book that gets to the point and teaches them what they need to know. That's great information. You know, the other, the other thing I've heard is that w- what you may not realize as a professional and you're thinking about there, everybody's thinking about, you know, uh, social media, search engines being found on the Internet. And Amazon is an incredible search engine. And if you, you have a book listed on Amazon, you've just given yourself an, just another tool in your arsenal of being able to be found. How important is the title to be relevant to be found on that search engine? Well, so here's what you're exactly right. You're, uh, what's funny is everyone knows Google's the number one search engine. No, most people don't know YouTube is actually the number two search engine, and then Amazon is number three. But what's crazy is Amazon is number one for professionals. Like, so it's exactly <laughs> what you just said. And when you're looking for an expert, if I'm looking for how to, you know, how to change my oil, I go to Google or YouTube, right? But if I'm mm-hmm. looking for, uh, for the expert on cars, I don't really go to Google because it's hard for me to figure out who the actual expert is. And I don't go to YouTube because all these videos, I don't know who's, who's legit and who's not. 
But I go to Amazon and I look up and I'm like, who's the guy who wrote the book on how to build a car engine? That's the person I want to hire, right? And so mm-hmm. here's the thing with titles. I'm getting a sort of roundabout way to answer your question. The titles for blog posts and YouTube videos are very different than titles for books. Because a title for a blog post, you want to be about catching attention. But a title for a book, you want to be about uh, showing authority and credibility, right? And they're very, mm-hmm. people look on Amazon for different things than they look on Google or YouTube. Uh, so it's much more about displaying your, in essence, your gravitas. Like mm-hmm. explaining, you know, who, who, why you're the expert. What about this book tells me not only that I'm going to learn what I want, but the person writing it is the expert. Whereas on Google, it's much more about information. It's the difference between information and wisdom. Amazon is about looking for wisdom. Google is about looking for information. Great. Great information. I, I wish we had more time. We're, we're running low on time, but it's been fascinating talking with you. Tell us, our listeners, a little bit about uh, how they should start out getting in touch with you and figuring out um, about booking them in a box. Yeah, so uh, um, our service, uh, we, we kind of, what I talked about, we do it as a, as a done-for-you service. The company is called Book in a Box. Just go to bookinabox.com. But uh, we're not cheap. We charge like 20 grand. So um, if your listeners can't afford that, I think that's crazy. We actually also wrote a book that explains our entire process. And it, 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 using our process, even without us, will get your book out of your head about 10 times faster. And your listeners can go to bookinabox.com dot com slash book and they can actually get a free pdf and it's like it's the exact process we use with all the templates all the outline templates all the questions use that process and you'll get your book out of your head reliably and quickly well i appreciate that so it's bookinabox.com forward slash books is that right yeah book just b-o-o-k no f just book okay just book bookinabox.com forward slash book and again um you know, if you're if you're the type of person that says, I'd love to get this all out and I'd love someone else to help me do it, Book in a Box can help you do it. It'll cost you some money, but it'll be out there. It'll be it's it's your it, it it's your baby. It'll get out there and get done. And how many of us are sitting around going, I'll get to that someday and we just never ever do. So this is a great service. I think you're you've got great information about it, a very timely topic, Tucker, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. And I hope our listeners will at least take a look. Go to bookinabox.com forward slash book and at least get the free PDF on how to effectively write a book and then and then circle back around with Tucker and, and book in a box if you're ready to write it and you want someone else to take care of it for you, Tucker. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you for having me, man. Ah, real pleasure. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Reel for The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your Sellability Score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network 
with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 